It's time for counterculture. Are you tired of how divided we are? Let's find the peacemakers. Think everyone is mean and selfish? Let's talk to those who are helping us all be more loving and caring. Think our culture is going downhill? Let's meet those who are helping us flourish. And now your host, Jonathan Sanborn. And hello again. Thank you so much for tuning into Counterculture. Yes, I am your host, Jonathan Sanborn. You know, uh, I've been loving what's been happening with the show. Again, every it seems like every week something new and cool happens, and uh, today is just, is no exception. You know, we started a series uh, with Counterculture because called the Church in Low Places, and we reached out to a pastor in Los Angeles, and today. We are reaching out to a friend of mine, a dear uh, Bishop Terry Glenn. Welcome, Bishop. Well, thank you, my friend. It's good to hear your voice. Good to hear your voice, uh, Bishop. I guess is a Bishop Glenn, Pastor Terry. What would be the right way to say? Well, the same thing. The same thing. My mom calls me Terry. Terry. Okay, I'll call you Terry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry is the pastor of World Harvest Ministries in Kansas City, and we've known each other for a number of years and um, seem to always cross paths at different places around the country and just love this guy. We're, and we're also f- clo- dear friends on Facebook, <laughs> so that's another level. <laughs> but I've always appreciated his heart and his ministry. Uh, all I di- I'm just learning this, and I've uh, we've known each other for a few years. But he, r- Bishop, has a uh, P- Terry has a uh, ministry that came out of radio, and so he's an old seasoned radio <laughs> professional. He is uh, his church, World Harvest, which he'll be telling you more about. Is this as really uh, living out that the ministry of Christ to the most in need in Kansas City? It's. Uh, not a huge mega church. It's a, a small. I would uh, could I say mom and pop church? <laughs> it's more you, than that. You know, that's a good. That's a good scenario because we have. We got to be careful when we say how many kids we have. Yeah. Based on who's around us, because <laughs> right. if we don't include all the kids that just kind of drifted in from the neighborhood, right. okay. we get in big trouble. So yeah, we're a mom and pop, a mom stuff. and pop kind of church. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna—I can't wait to hear about more in detail. I've heard a lot of things secondhand uh, from uh, people who go to your church and stories, and even some videos and some wonderful things. But uh, Bishop is also works with the Care Portal as the regional ambassador in Kansas City. And he actually married out of his league, and I, I don't. And <laughs> to Erica Glenn, and they are the proud parents of six children and eight grandchildren. So, thank you again, Terry, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome, my friend. So, well, you know something. I don't, I th- I hope you're ready for this, and I don't know if I gave, gave you the heads up, but I think maybe somewhere I did. But we play this game. It's kind of like two truths and a lie. You know that game. I do. Yeah. So it's but it's really one truth and a lie. And you say so you say something that's true about yourself and then something that's not true about yourself and I try to guess which one's which. Okay. Okay, you ready for this? So we call it fake news. And so fake news is try to get I try to guess what's fake. So and I I warn you I have master skills. I'm never wrong or or maybe half the time I'm wrong. One of those two, but um so you just so give it give me two two stories and I'll try to guess which one's true. All right. So uh, let's start with this one. Uh, I have 
15 siblings. 15 siblings, okay. You can can choose whether that's true or false. Okay, and then what's the second one? And then I got my master's from Old Roberts University. Okay. So I'm going to say, so now those are both very plausible, and oddly enough, I don't know your educational background. Um, So I'm going to say that you don't have 15 kids, 15 brothers and sisters, 15 siblings. Okay, okay. You want me to tell you the is that right or wrong? Uh, yeah, please do. <laughs> <laughs> I do have fifteen. Ah! I'm wrong again. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you have fifteen brothers and sisters. I do. Oh yeah. my goodness! Not by the same mom. Not by the right. Yeah, different mom. Lots of different moms. Okay. <laughs> <That's> interesting. <laughs> but you also, but you did. Not get your master's degree from Oral Roberts. I did not. Okay. I dropped out of high school and went and got my GED. Oh, okay, for, for GED, and then so just actually it would be great. A little background to your to what uh, your to your own story. Well, yeah, sure. Well, my mother and father. I was the fifth child of my parents, mm-hmm. and then they got divorced. And my mother went on to have two more kids. Mm-hmm. And my dad went on and got married again and had another child. Mm. But before he got married again, uh, he was throwing his oath pretty well. And yeah. a lot of kids in the community that we found out were our siblings. Oh, my goodness. That we didn't know until we became adults. Wow. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. And, and uh, by the time that divorce really hit us, we all kind of just lost our minds and we all dropped out of school and it just became a really bad situation for my, my, my five siblings with my mom. Uh, and, uh, we all just kind of dropped out of high school and it took a lot of years to get our, our lives back together. Mm, wow. Oh my goodness. And then though, so, so what happened? I met Jesus. You met Jesus after well, high school mean, in high school? After, after high school, I okay. turned 21 I met Jesus. I met the Lord driving along in my car. I thought I was going to marry my fiance, and she called me up and said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to marry you. We've been planning for three years. Oh, my goodness. And she enlisted into the military. Oh, my goodness. She enlisted into the military to go to the Army. She left me there alone, and I was very suicidal and ready to end it. Oh, my goodness. And I heard the audible voice of God tell me that I love you. You are loved. Never feel like you're not loved because I love you and I want you. Wow. And uh, that was the beginning of my walk with the Lord in 1987. 87? 1987. Wow. So that was where I turned it around and started to seek the Lord for what it is he wants with me. I felt I had nothing to offer. I dropped out of high school, uh, no plans for my life, and uh, the Lord just started to guide me, and uh, I just fell into his arms and fell in love with Jesus, and uh, he said, uh, I want you to go back and get your GED so that I can take the limits off of your life and use Mm -hmm. you like I want to, Mm -hmm. and that's what I did. Wow. And so this is all in Kansas City. 
and then you're going, you, you go back to your GED. And so what happens, you finish your GED, are you thinking about some kind of like, like career vocational ministry? Well, I ended up going to Chicago to sing gospel music with so many of those that you may see with uh, Bill Gaither and all yeah, those. Yeah, right. My, my passion singing gospel music. So I moved there with my best friend who was in the Army, and he and his wife lived there. So I asked him, could I come up and visit? Well, I knew I wasn't going to come back. I just tricked them into letting <laughs> me come up to visit. <laughs> it's a one-way and I said, look, <laughs> I said, look, I'm here to really get me a job. I don't want to go back home. I got to change my life, and this is where it's going to happen here in Chicago. And I stayed with them for about two months, found a job, and rented a room mm-hmm. downtown Chicago. And I started a whole new journey on my life there in Chicago. And the church that I attended had a in-house educational theological program. Interesting. Uh-huh. That it did not give you a degree, but you learned everything you needed to know and found your calling and the anointing that's on your life. And that's where I was discovered there by my pastors and leaders in that church, uh, New Covenant Life Church. Stayed there 10 years in hmm. Chicago. Wow. And then came back here to Kansas City and planted World Harvest Ministries in the garage of my home. In a garage, <laughs> okay. So you, were you married in Chicago? Was this how you you and Erica met there? Well, I met Erica there. We did not get married uh, at that time, because she left and went to college in Nashville, Tennessee, but we remained friends. We talked on the phone, you know, we wrote each other and sure. letters and all that just slowly building from a distance because we really wanted to honor God and and stay clean with our relationship. So for 14 years, we lost time with her being in Nashville. And we reconnected um, when I came back to visit in Chicago to do some singing. Mm-hmm. She happened to be at one of the churches, and we reconnect, and uh, we ended up saying we're still in love. Wow. Let's get married. Yes. <laughs> and that's been 17 years ago. 17. Wow, that's fantastic. So I think yeah. we're about the same age, and I've got a couple years of marriage on you, but so I think we're pretty close to the same life. Like, well, I'm 39 and holding. You're 39 and holding? Anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm trailblazing. I'm already pushing. I'm into the 50s. <laughs> the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> So, so now you're back. You're you're have in a church in a garage in Kansas mm-hmm. City. Tell me now what's happening yeah. now. What's this about? Well, uh, I begin to just ask the Lord as I drove around Kansas City and took the bus around Kansas City, walked around Kansas City. Why is no one really reaching out to the homeless? And I could see homeless families moms with kids. Mm -hmm. I asked the Lord, what should we do about it? And the Lord spoke to me that uh, we're just go out and and do outreach Mm -hmm. and reach out to them. So I was caring for my aunt and uncle who did not have children, and they would just open the door and let me do anything I wanted to. And that's how I ended up ministering to lots of homeless people, homeless families, Finally, my aunt and uncle passed away, and I'm left with the property, and I opened it up. And uh, I had one of my female cousins move in with me to care for the 
ladies in the front in the yeah. first two bedrooms and the men in the back right off the garage area because it wasn't attached garage. That's how we started the church with wow. family. Just that. And, huh. uh, yeah, feeding them, caring for them, washing their clothes, letting them take baths, finding them jobs, reconnecting them with their families. And before we knew it, we were just in this mission of caring for the homeless. Now, that is unbelievably interesting because usually, you know, churches have a very different trajectory when they get started. They have to get, you know, and I even was involved in church planning for a while. You get some key families, you get, you know, and you get 10, and then you figure out your target ministry, and then you grow Mm -hmm. it from there. But God just put it on your heart, and you started with, the in a sense, the lowest rung of society yeah. that the society throws out, you started there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, uh, my aunt and uncle had left me, oh, maybe about $40,000 in the house. Mm-hmm. And I was asking God, what should I do with it? You know, I'm here alone. What should I do? And yeah. that helped us move into... Uh, feeding and caring and clothing the homeless. And then it just kind of caught on through the radio broadcast. I invited people to come and help us. Hmm. And every week people were coming and, and they thought I was crazy saying we're having church in the garage. The, 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 the sanctuary is in the garage. Huh. And huh. You, before you knew it, the Lord had packed it out. It was full. We had to have children's church in the living room. <laughs> because all the adults were out there in the garage with us. And after a few months, the building we're in now here at 3400 Woodland, it went up for sale. And uh, we were not even a year old as a church. Mm. But when the building went up for sale, I inquired and called the realtor, and she put me in touch with the owner. And he said, I've heard you on radio, and I know you're in your garage. You really need this building, and I'm going to help you get in. So they leased us the building okay. for one year for $2,500 a month. Okay. So we all work together. You know, in the African-American community, we will do anything to keep the church open, selling food, dinners, candy, right, you right. name it, washing cars. So all of the young people and the different ones that come in, we raised all the money we needed to keep ourselves afloat every month. Every month. And at the end of that one year, uh, we went to the bank, and the bank said, man, if you can pay $2,500 a month, we're going to give you a promissory note and put a new roof on the building for you and do all we can to help keep you moving forward. And mm. they did just that. Wow. So God, and bless us with some good people in my, in my 20 years of ministry here. Sounds like it. And uh, so I, off, I, you, you've, you, in this, you have a really exciting thing in my mind that I think is like, you have inverted the idea of what is strategic with the kingdom. And we often, money and resources, we often think of those strategic, but you actually decided that, you, that the homeless and the poor are what your strategy is. Mm-hmm. Well, I read the, in the Bible that it says, you know, you preach the gospel to the poor and mm-hmm. you lend it to the Lord. Yeah. 
Hmm. Well, I literally took that because I had no real big donors to help us. So after I had spent all that I had getting in the building and caring for the homeless, I said, Lord, I, I'm out here on faith in you now that if you don't do something every month, every year, every week, every day, we're, we're just going to drown. Yes. But I'm on faith that you can do it. Wow. And brother, we <laughs> went to Walmart and start washing cars and people were asking us, what's our story? Huh. And before you knew it, they left us a check for $500 or mailed us a check. Oh my for goodness. Because you washed their car. And wow. Because we washed their car and they told, we told them our story and they saw so many kids. There were so many youth in our community that wanted to be in a safe place. Yes. Well, there was few places that their parents would let them go to church and spend time with people and so on. And we were trusted, and we had that trust in the community that we could take the kids wherever we wanted to go, take them, and the parents knew they were safe. So it's youth, it's young people yeah. that mm-hmm. we credit to the foundation of building World Harvest mm. with us. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Counterculture with Jonathan Sanborn. I have uh, Pastor Terry Glenn from World Harvest Ministries in Kansas City sharing the amazing story of birthing a church in Kansas City, starting with reaching out to the homeless and uh, where they are today, uh, 20 years later. It's just an incredible story. Something uh, that also is that your church cares for the orphan and the the children from broken homes in your community. Can you tell me more what that is about that? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, that, that's my wife's heart and passion as well as mine. Our yeah. first two children that we adopted were a sibling group, a brother and sister, that she met them in Nashville when she was in college at Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, honey, we just got married. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're talking adoption already? Whoa. <laughs> but we could not say no to them. We just right. couldn't say no to them. Mm. So we adopted our daughter, the oldest of our kids. We adopted her first. She was 17, and her mother was pushing her to go out and sell her body on the street wow. for money. Wow. And we happened to be there and said to her, no. Mm-hmm. Go get all your things. I'm going to go tell your mom you're coming to live with us in, in Kansas City. Yeah. And we did. Wow. Her mother was a major alcoholic. So yes. Wow. That's what that situation was. And then her brother was 15. After we had her here with us, and and mind you, Jonathan, we never went through any red tape, right. paperwork, none of that. Right. We just said, we're going to take power of attorney. She's ours. Don't right. worry about it. We don't need money. We don't need food stamps. None of that. Right. So about after it happened, her three months, we get a call from Nashville that her brother has a bullet in his head in the car with his mom's drug dealer boyfriend. And this kid at 15 takes the bullet. So, of course, he goes in the hospital. They remove the bullet. Thank the Lord he's okay. Wow. After about three weeks that everything checked out fine for him. He got in his car, his grandmother gave him at 15 years old, and drove from Nashville to Kansas City, Missouri. No driver's license. No experience oh. on the highway. He's 15. Oh, but he knocks on our door, rings the doorbell. He made it. And I said, hmm. what are you doing here? How did you get here? And he's tears just pouring out of his eyes. Oh. He said, I knew if I did not get away from there, I was going to die. 
Wow. Please don't send me back. Please don't send me back. Oh. And after crying, just buckets of tears, all of us, finally, Holy Spirit spoke to me to call his mom. And mm. I called her, and I said, listen, your son is here in Kansas City with us. I'm not sending him back. So we may have a custody battle or whatever you want to call it, but I'm not going to let him come back. Right. He fears his life. You know, he just took a bullet out of his head because he knows the deals of your drug dealer boyfriend. Yeah. She says, you can have him. Uh, I don't care. You can have him. Oh, uh, you know, I'm tired of him anyway. So on and so forth. Case closed. We hung up the phone. That's how we adopted our first two children. Oh my goodness! Your, your first year of marriage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't That's in my pastoral premarital counseling course. That I <laughs> <laughs> save children who are on the verge of death. Uh, um, and uh, bring them into your home. <laughs> oh, what an amazing story! And they're and they're have moved on. No, they've probably graduated. Have gone on from your home now. For sure, yes. Yeah. Uh, so proud of both of them. My oldest daughter lives in Benin, West Africa. Really, married to a pastor there. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I went to Benin, West Africa, Ghana, Togo, yeah. Ivory Coast. I went there. Oh, 12 years ago, okay. met a pastor in Benin, and he's a great guy. Yeah. And I said, man, it would be wonderful if my daughter could marry a guy like this. He is on it. Wow. I get back home, and he comes to America the following year, and I go to the airport, pick him up, and coming back home, open the door, and from my doorway, you can see directly into the kitchen where my oldest daughter, she's a talker. Yeah. And she's just talking, talking, talking to my wife. Yes. And I said, Loretta, call downstairs and tell someone, come help me get the bag. And she's still talking. I said, Loretta, <laughs> did you hear me? And she turned toward me. And I bend over to pick up bags. And she looks at this guy. And he looks at her. And I stand up. And they're frozen for five minutes staring in each other's eyes. I'm like, oh, Lord, please. Oh, man. No. <laughs> Here we go. months later. <laughs> yep. Three months later, we're having a wedding here at the church. I married him. Wow. We've been married for 12 years now. Wow. And so, and, and he's lived over fantastic. for 10 years now. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What a great story. And so, now this, this affects, you know, the birth of your marriage and the birth of your church kind of, in a sense, have prepared you for what your church is about today. And so, in a sense, what is your ministry to the community right now? Well, in most inner cities, and I've lived in three different inner cities, mm-hmm. in uh, Alabama, in Chicago, and now here in Kansas City, if the church does not threaten the life of the family and how they stay, stay together, they're, the families and poor families and people, they're more prone to come visit the church and become a part of the church. Okay. Because you're not threatening their survival. Now, what does that mean? They use their food stamp card to pay for everything. Yeah. So I'm the pastor of the church now, and Erica and I moved in next door to our church, right in the heart of the inner city. Yeah. And the families would come knock on our door and say, Pastor, I got my food stamp today. If you give me $50 to pay my cell phone bill or $100 to pay my electric bill, I'll buy you $100 worth of groceries or yes, $200 yes. worth of groceries. 
And that is an illegal system, but it was their way to survive. Right. And use that car to pay for things. Oh, I see. Well, I then tapped into going into their homes and saying, okay, teach me. Teach me how, how you live. And Jonathan, the grandmothers and mothers, when the daughters are 16 or 17, they have to have a child if they're going to stay there Yeah, with those moms or grandmas because mm-hmm. that's more food stamps. That's oh, more welfare. I see. Yeah. Okay. So that's the system that we are hoping to break. Yes. And it's the system that often leads to more homelessness for children and those children that get adopted by their grandmas or either fostered by their grandmas. They this, are the open door to homelessness. This, Pastor Terry, this has been an amazing conversation. I just realized the time. This has been. I've been wrapped up in these amazing stories of God's faithfulness through you, <laughs> through your church, and I praise the Lord for World Harvest Ministries and your and what you're doing. That you're that you're caring for. Uh, you're living out what Christ called us to do. So, Pastor, I thank you for just being on this show and and hearing what God has been doing. I appreciate you so much. You're welcome, my friend. God bless you in your ministry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Counterculture is made possible by Care Portal, helping local churches help children and families in crisis. Sign up you and your church today at careportal.org. This program was sponsored by Care Portal.